I read in the New York Times, March 5, 2012, that from sundown on Friday until the sun sets on Saturday, many observant Jews refrain from certain activities on the Sabbath, including pushing elevator buttons. So in some buildings, elevators are programmed to stop automatically on every floor during the Sabbath. That way, observant Jews can just hop on and hop off without pushing an elevator button because pushing an elevator button is work. And they believe the Bible says you shall not work, you shall not labor on the Sabbath. And so at every stop on every floor, you're reminded, as a Jew, do not work. At every stop on every floor, you're reminded that there's a God who created the world and He said, I want you to rest one day a week. Jewish people take the Sabbath very seriously. Most Jewish people. The Lord had commanded Moses to observe the seventh day as a day of rest to remember what the Lord had done as He created the world and then on the seventh day, the Lord created rest. You should know that Sabbath doesn't mean seven. Sabbath means rest. And so the Sabbath was to be a day when all men ceased from their labors. The problem is, by the time we get to the day that Jesus was on this earth, the Pharisees had so messed up the Sabbath that people didn't know what they could and couldn't do. The Pharisees defined what labor was and what labor was not. And so they had their own interpretation. For example, they taught that you couldn't look in the mirror on the Sabbath because you might be tempted to pluck a gray hair out of your head and that would be work. They taught that you could not boil an egg on the Sabbath. That was work. They taught it was unlawful to move furniture on the Sabbath, which I think is a good law. You could move a ladder on the Sabbath, but only four steps. That's how they defined it. They taught you could not wear jewelry on the Sabbath because by putting on jewelry, it could be a burden to your body and a burden is work. You couldn't wear false teeth on the Sabbath. That would make worship very interesting, wouldn't it? They took God's commands of no labor and defined it in detail, perhaps too much detail. Maybe that's why when Jesus came, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. And the Pharisee says, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? It was not unlawful, except by their definition. And Jesus responded and said, the Sabbath was made for man not man for the Sabbath. In other words, you Pharisees are missing the principle of the Sabbath. You're missing the point. You've become so legalistic that you're more interested in being legalistic than you are in following the principle that Jesus has put in place, that God put in place. Again, not everybody interprets the Sabbath the same way. I want you to know, and I hope to say several times, I know that in the Old Testament, the Sabbath was the seventh day of the week. I also know that Jesus rose on the first day of the week, Sunday, which is why most Christians observe Sunday as our Sabbath by principle, the principle of the Sabbath. 
Some people get kind of bent out of shape. Other people don't. Some people have some very strong convictions. Others don't. To some people, it's just another day. It's no big deal. The 1981 movie Chariots of Fire was based on the true story of Eric Liddell, a Scottish sprinter and Christian missionary who disqualified himself from his best event in the 24 Olympics because the race was going to be on Sunday. And as a Christian, that was his Sabbath. And he said, I can't run on Sunday. One of the most prosperous restaurants in the world, Chick-fil-A, closes on Sundays. They're closed on Sundays to honor God. And they probably make more money per location than most restaurants do opening seven days a week. Truett Cathy, the owner, the, the, the owner of Chick-fil-A said... I can't be teaching kids how to keep the Lord's day holy while my cash registers are ringing. That was his conviction. A couple of weeks ago, I did a sermon called Why I Love Sundays, and I'm kind of continuing that. Today, I want to tell you why I love Sundays and talk about the Sabbath, the principle of the Sabbath. Again, I know in the Bible, Saturday was the Sabbath. I know that Christians, most Christians, observe Sunday. We would say that's our Sabbath. I'm not being picky on the day. I want to illustrate the principle of the Sabbath. And here's the principle of the Sabbath. I was trying to think of the best way for you to remember. So this works for me. If you want the best, give it a rest. If you want the best in your life, God says you've got to have rest in your life. Of all the days of the week, God knew that we would need one day to refuel and recharge and refresh and refocus. One day. And so, as He created the world, He designated one day. I think if you'll do a study of Christianity, you'll find that whenever God's people through the years have set aside one day, their lives are better. Their relationships are better. Their relationship with God is better. The problem we have is we now live in a 24-7 society. We work 24-7. We're on the go 24-7. We're constantly on the go. We're constantly working. We're constantly bombarded. We're constantly worrying about deadlines. We're constantly worrying about making more money. And we think if we just go seven days a week, we can get ahead. But you know that you can't do that. I mean, you know that. Your body knows that. Your health knows that. Every time you go to the doctor, you're reminded that you can't go at that pace. You need a break. You need rest. Sometimes I think the best thing we can do... You remember that book, All I Really really Needed to Know, I Learned in Kindergarten? Sometimes I think on Sunday, the best thing we could do is for everybody to bring their mat and we just rest and do nothing. It would be scriptural. Be still and know that I am God. Sometimes I think the best thing we can do is just stop and rest. If you want the best, give it a rest. If you go back one or two or three hundred years in our country, you know that nobody worked on Sundays. Businesses were closed on Sundays. There was no traveling all around the world, all around the state, all around the country, taking your kids to some event Sundays. People used Sundays to rest. 
which seems very old-fashioned now, which seems very old-school now. In previous generations, Americans got a lot less done on Sundays, which probably enabled them to do a lot more on Mondays because they were refreshed and they refueled. Athletes understand this concept. When our daughter Sydney was running cross-country and track in high school and logging 50 or 60 or 70 miles a week, race day would come. You want to know what Sydney would do on the day after the race? Nothing. Because your body needs to refuel and refresh and your mind and your mental state. Our souls are the same way. God created us that way. We can't maintain a constant pace like that. Our muscles are designed for stress and then they're designed for release. release. But again, you know that. What I'm telling you isn't anything new. Your body knows that. When your resources are depleted, you need rest. When your body can't go anymore, you need rest. When you get so hectic and crazy, you know you need a day off. You say things like, you know, I just, I just need a break. I just need a day off. I just need to get away. You know that. And that's the principle of the Sabbath. If you want the best, give it a rest. In the Old Testament, this dates back to even before the Ten Commandments. When God's people were unfaithful and they were wandering in the wilderness and He fed them, they went outside and it was manna. Manna means what is it? They went outside and said, what is it? It was manna and God fed them. And on the sixth day, God said, okay, on the sixth day... I want you to take enough so that you don't come out on the seventh day. Take enough on the sixth day so that on the seventh day you can rest. They didn't have any jobs. They didn't have any responsibility. They came out every day and said, what is it? On the seventh day, if they went out, it would have been, where is it? Because they were supposed to take it in on the sixth. God was already teaching them before he even gave them the law. On the seventh day, I want you to rest. And so before they entered the promised land, after they'd been wandering in the wilderness, God told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. In a world where we try to get ahead, God says, You want to know the secret to getting ahead? Just stay in my book. As he's telling the Israelites, as they're entering entering the promised land, look, Joshua, the people may be tempted to work and work and work and work and work. If you want to get ahead, if you want to be prosperous and successful, just stay in the book. Stay focused. Which is kind of like the principle of the Sabbath. Now, I think this has been proven through the years. If you want to define it this way, in the 18th century England, Jonathan and Charles Wesley started a movement That resulted in 100,000 weekly Bible studies by 1798. And for the next 100 years, many people will say England was one of the most prosperous nations in the world because they stayed in the book. In 1857, Jeremiah Lanfear started a noontime prayer meeting in the Dutch Reformed Church in downtown New York City. And as a result, America's westward expansion was marked by households sitting around the table reading their Bibles. And a lot of people will say, for the next 100 years, America was one of the most prosperous nations in the world. God doesn't define what prosperous and successful is, but He says, if you'll stay in the book, you'll be prosperous and successful. I think the same applies to the Sabbath. If you want to get ahead in life, take a break. 
If you want the best, you need to give it a rest. Have you ever noticed when you're working on a project for school or a project for work or maybe even a project at home and you're just pouring your energies into it, sometimes the best thing you can do is to walk away, step away, take a break, refresh yourself, and you come back and it's so much better working on that project. You know that. If you want your life to be better, you need to take a break. If you want your week to be better, you need to take a break. If you want your relationship with God to be get better, you need to take a break. God designed 52 Sabbaths a year. That's seven and a half weeks of a spiritual vacation, if you will. Seven and a half weeks a year, God says, look, I don't want you doing anything. Just take a break. Just rest. But you know that. You know that from all your doctor's visits. You know that by the medicine you take. You know that because of your stress level. You know that. I'm not telling you anything new. Check out what God says in Isaiah 58. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, God says, you'll find your joy in the Lord. I'll cause you to ride on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now, I really like verses like this because God says, if you'll do this, here's what's going to happen. So if you look at your life, if you're not finding joy in the Lord, if you're not thinking you're riding on the heights of the land, if you don't think you're receiving the inheritance God wants you to receive, then you've got to look at the first part of this verse. Because if you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath, If you keep from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight, when was the last time, I'm not arguing with you over Saturday or Sunday, when was the last time you called Sunday a delight? Sunday's usually not a delight. We're wrestling so much to get here, it's like, yeah, it's not a delight. It's a struggle, it's a frustration. But God says, if you honor my day, here's what's going to happen. I love it when God says, if you do this, I'll do this. I love doing what God says to do. I'm not saying I do it all the time. But I'm saying God says it's real simple. You need some more joy in your life? Honor my holy day. Would you like to ride? Would you like to triumph some translations on the heights of the land? Honor my holy day. Call the Sabbath day a delight. Again, Sabbath doesn't mean seven. Saturday's not... Saturday doesn't mean Sabbath. Sabbath means rest. If you want the best, give it a rest. Now, look at what God says in Exodus 20. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you'll you'll labor. This is our scripture reading. And, And notice it applies to everybody. I don't want you to work, your son, your daughter, manservant, maidservant. I don't want your animals working. Anybody visiting with you working for six days, God made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in it, but he rested on the seventh. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day. And then in Deuteronomy, he says, observe. Remember means you look back. Remember what the Lord's done. Remember what the Lord's created. Remember everything the Lord's done for you. And then he says to observe. Observe means to look forward. So we're going to look back and we're going to look forward. When was the last time you looked forward to Sunday? When was the last time you looked forward to being with God's people? When was the last time you got so excited about coming and observing the Lord's Supper? That's what God intended when He said, remember the Sabbath. Here's what usually happens on Sundays. 
in most households. Leading up to Sunday, you probably spend Friday night at games and activities. On Saturdays, you're going all day traveling, maybe taking your kids somewhere. You get in late Friday, you get in late Saturday, you're exhausted, you sleep until the last minute, you rush to get ready on Sunday mornings. You're fighting with your whole family. You're wondering who's... I thought you were going to do breakfast. No, you're doing breakfast. You're cramming food down your kids. You're feeding your kids on the way to church. And then something miraculous happens. I don't know what it is. There's something miraculous about a church parking lot. Once your vehicle hits the church parking lot, it's like everything's okay. We put on a whole new demeanor. I mean, we start, stop arguing. We stop fussing. I mean, everything's okay. There's something miraculous about a church parking lot. I love what Hal Seed writes. One of the greatest things about church is that people regularly walk in a mess and walk out at peace. Imagine how much better off we would be if we walked into church already at peace and not a mess. So God told His people, for six days you're going to labor. 87% of your life you're going to spend working. 87% of your life is going to be in labor. Our problem is we've become workaholics. We've gone to the point that we say, Richie, that's an Old Testament teaching, and we've abused it to the point that we've become workaholics. And we've become addicted to work. And work has become our God. And we think, if I can just work a little bit more, I can make a little more money and I can get ahead. And God says, if you want to get ahead, if you want the best, give it a rest. Your body can't go at that pace. God wired us. God made us to rest. And so he says, set apart, which means you, you make one day different than the other six. Set apart, make one day different. For one day, don't think about work. You need to rest. And again, that applied to everyone. Our addiction to work has come at a price. And that price is misplaced values and broken homes and ruined health. It's come at a price. You want to know what Jesus did on the Sabbath before he was crucified? He rested. He obeyed the Sabbath completely and perfectly. I mean, how great is it that we have a God who says, look, take a day off. I mean, wouldn't you like your boss to come in and say, you know what, you've been working so hard, just take a day off. We've got a God who says, take a day off. You need to take a day off. During the French Revolution, radicals abolished Sunday and said, we're going to work nonstop. And they found out that the health of the nation suffered, and so they had to reinstate it. The Russian communists instituted a 10-day work week. It failed. Why? Because God made all of us, He wired all of us, because He knows our bodies need a rest and our souls need a rest. You know, when you stop and think about it, when you take a day off, When you rest, it's a statement of faith. It's a statement of faith. When you observe the Sabbath, you're saying you trust God. When you observe the Sabbath, you're saying, I'll work six days, I trust God to provide for me on the seventh. When you observe the Sabbath, you're saying, work is not my God. When you observe the Sabbath, you're saying, money is not your God. If you want the best, you need to give it a rest. Look at what God says in Exodus 31. Say to the Israelites, you must observe my Sabbath." This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come, so you may know that I'm the Lord who makes you holy. 
Again, let, let, me, let me clear this up. I know this is one of the Ten Commandments. I know this is Old Testament. I know this is the only commandment not repeated in the New Testament. I'm not getting legalistic with you. I want you to understand the principle of the Sabbath. God wired us to rest. You need rest. All you have to do is go buy just about any magazine as you're checking out at the grocery store, and you'll find some study on sleep deprivation. You know you need rest. You know when you're driving down the road and you're tired that you need rest. You know when you get home that you need rest. I know this is an Old Testament teaching, but the principle is, if you want the best, give it a rest. You can't work 24-7. Your body will break down. Your emotions will break down. Your health will break down. Your family will break down. Your relationships will break down. Your relationship with God will break down. When you work all the time, you've got nothing to give your spouse. When you work all the time, you've got nothing to give your family. When you work all the time, you've got nothing to give God. And that's not how He created us. If you want the best, give it a rest. Now, here's the deal. God doesn't define what rest is. The Pharisees did. God says, you know what, you just no work. He doesn't say what you should and shouldn't do, so let me give you some suggestions. Just suggestions. You won't find these in the Bible, but God doesn't define it real, real explicitly. It says, um, stay away from work, rest from work. So rest for you might be taking a walk. Rest for you might be relaxing. Rest for you might be sitting on the back porch. Rest for you might be reading a book. Rest for you might be spending time with your family. Rest might be listening to music. Rest for you might be going on a picnic with your family, doing something with your family. Rest, here's what rest is. Rest is not work. That's all God says. Set apart one day a week not to work. Whatever you need to do to relax. So, if you want the best, give it a rest. So, let me give you, real fast, seven reasons why you need to observe a weekly Sabbath. Now, Sabbath doesn't mean worship. I know that we call Sunday Sabbath. And I'd like to tell you that the Sabbath is you need to take every Sunday off. But I also know that in this day and age, we got people that have to work on Sundays. The principle of the Sabbath is there's one day a week you shouldn't work. That may be Saturday for you. It may be Tuesday for you. It may be Thursday for you. You've got to have one day a week that you take off. God wired you that way. Here's why you need to observe a weekly Sabbath. Number one, you need it. You know that. You need it. Let me give you an illustration just because i got a few minutes. If there's anybody who abuses this, it's me. I go 100 miles an hour. Let me illustrate. It's ironic that this played out the way it did. But you know, I told you several weeks ago, several months ago, Kelly and I started a low-carb diet. And the low-carb diet, I started walking and... I just pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed to the point that I was walking 10 miles a day. I just, you know, just get out of my way. I'm going to walk. I'm going to lose weight. Leave me alone. Seven days a week, I went hard. I went so hard Thursday that my knee said, you're not walking anymore. And had to go to the doctor. And if it makes you feel any better, those two needles in my knee reminded me 
Richie can't go seven days a week. Whether it's walking, exercising, working. So Kelly told me, you're not walking tomorrow. Okay, fine. So I didn't walk Saturday. I didn't walk Friday. I didn't walk Saturday. And I sat down to go back over my lesson thinking, Richie, you need to preach this lesson to you. So this lesson's to Richie. But I want you to know, you, you need a break. God wired you that way. And he said, 52 Sundays a year, chill, relax, don't work, don't push it, don't try to get ahead, whatever the get ahead is. Number two, God asks you to do this. I could tell you he commands you to do this. And you would say, well, it's an Old Testament command, but look at, look at how good God is. God says, look, I made you, but I'd like for you to observe how I made you. I made you to take a break. Number three, God said he blesses the Sabbath. Could you use any blessings today? If I said, hey, if, if you want some blessings of God, just remember the Sabbath. Sounds pretty easy. If you want the best, if you want the blessings, give it a rest. Number four, your life goes better when you Sabbath. My life goes better when I Sabbath. When I take a day off, when I don't go to work, when I just rest however you want to define rest, you're better the next day. I'm telling you, you are. You know you are. Your life goes better when you Sabbath. Number five, Mondays go better when you Sabbath on Sunday if you can. Your Mondays are better when your Sundays slow down. Instead of using Sunday to get ahead, use Sunday to get God. I'd like to challenge you for the next four weeks to say, you know what, on Sunday we're not doing anything. We're not traveling, we're not going. And I know that's difficult. I know we live in a world where you travel. And I know, you, I, I know. I'm, I'm not making you do that. I'm just saying, for four weeks, try investing in Sundays. Number six, my family goes better when I Sabbath. My relationship with Kelly's better when I Sabbath. My relationship with my kids is better when I Sabbath. My family is better. Number seven, my eternity is better when I Sabbath. I mean, when you stop and think about it, we're doing what God says when we remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy. The reason I love Sundays is usually on Sundays, I know I'm going to get a nap. And I love naps. And I love resting. And it doesn't matter how rested I am coming into Sunday, just being able to sit down on Sunday and chill and relax. I love Sundays. If I happen to have to go 100 miles an hour on Sunday for whatever reason, I've got to find another day to Sabbath and rest. But I love Sundays because to the Christians, it's the Sabbath day. So could I encourage you to remember the Sabbath? The principle of the Sabbath. God wired you to rest. You need to take a break. It'll make you better. It'll make your family better. It'll make relationships better. The less tired you are and the more you rest, everything goes better. You know that. God said, remember that. We offer the imitation of Jesus Christ today. I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad you took a break. I'm glad whatever it took for you to get here... I'm glad you're here. I want you to use today as a day to refresh and refuel and refocus on God. 
That's why I'm glad you're here. I hope you stay for our Bible classes so you can rest and refocus your mind on God. But we offer the invitation of Jesus. You've heard me say a lot. It's not our invitation. It's His invitation for you to follow Him. And if you follow Him, He says, I'll give you rest. Maybe that's what you need today. Rest from the pace of this world. Rest from the pace of your life. Rest from the guilt of your life. If you need your sins washed away, if you need some guilt removed, Jesus can do that for you. If you need to be baptized for the remission of your sins, if you need to respond in any way, if you need to meet with our shepherds, they'll take you to a private room and lift your name before the throne of God. If you need to respond in any way, please do so as we stand and sing.